Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today's podcast is sponsored by one of our favorite products, Almond Cow. We've been using it for well over a year, and I say we, mostly my husband Mark, who is mooing. Honey, what are your thoughts about Almond Cow? <laughs> this is the Moo Man. He's back. <laughs> I love the Almond Cow because we know how great it is. Anything that you could can make a plant-based milk with, you're set. And I just have it. I don't need to make, make that much. It's just sitting in the pantry. And then when we're ready, I just make it. It takes a minute. Is it, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. And... For those of you who are thinking about it, let me tell you why. There, there are no added preservatives, any kind of artificial stuff. You put in it what you want. You can sweeten it to your taste. It is so easy to make, so easy to clean up, and it's pure gold. It really is. And they give you a lot of recipes on the Almond Cow website. You have the recipe, so you don't have to think, you don't have to go anywhere to find it. It's there for you. Yes, we love it so much. So if you're interested in getting your own, go check out the link or just go to their site, almondcow.co, and you can use code Lara, L-A-R-A, for extra savings. Go get yourself one and have fun. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer with enthusiasm. I am joined as always by my beautiful co-host, physical therapist, amazing human, Kristen Williams. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. So good hey, to be hey. here. I know. As always. As always. I like of my week. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to kick it off here with uh, a question we got from Danielle Winter. She sent this in to us via email. And so she says she has a question for Laura and Kristen, the podcast, but this time it's about her husband. He recently tried to move a heavy chair and within less than a second, he collapsed forward and couldn't move. After visiting the ER and having an MRI, we now know that he has three herniated discs, one lower thoracic and two lumbar and spinal degeneration. He loves exercise and in the past was a runner and loved high-intensity plyometrics. He feels as though he will never be able to do these things again. Do you have any thoughts on appropriate exercise for recovery? He loves a good sweat, core work he can do without causing back pain, and whether or not he will ever get back to where he once was. Thank you so much and love to you both. Well, first of all, I'm sorry that happened. I know this is always super uh just it's distressful you know there's no other way to put it when 
your body does something that um, causes pain and suffering, and then it really makes you rethink everything. Like, am I ever going to be as I was before? So the best answer I can say is yes, you will get back to doing those things. I wouldn't compare it per se to how you were before. Like, I don't like to compare what I'm doing now to 20, 30 years ago. I just want it to be an evolution. So that evolution might be different, but certainly you can get back to doing plyometrics and and bouncing and stuff like that. I mean, that's what um, the discs are really helpful for. So the good thing about to know about discs, when we talk about them herniating, it sounds pretty dramatic. I don't know if there's any other word that we could use instead of that, but it is, it is, um, it's terrifying to think of these discs like herniating out of their position and the disc will be pulled back in. They're really held in tight. So what I always say, these type of injuries, we, we both say this as physical therapists and, and movement lovers, is what these type of injuries do is it gives you an opportunity to pause and really examine what potentially led to this. It was not the one event, by the way. It almost never is just a one event of lifting something. It's that they have been moving out of alignment because there's been probably suboptimal alignment of the spine, pelvis, shoulder girdle, etc. And then that just became too much and a load that was very big caused that kind of final shove. And then that causes pain because you're pushing into nerves and you're, um, you know, causing inflammation that has also, a, you know, effect on the tissues. So that would be the thing I would do is first like reframe and be like, hmm, okay, this is giving me information that I need to change the way I'm moving in my performance, moving in my daily life. Um, if this is somebody, if your husband is somebody who is at a desk a lot, it's giving you information that you need to change positions a lot. You don't necessarily just have to not sit, but you need to change position. You need to keep the disc hydrated. You need to keep your spine aligned. If you have deterioration, most of us are going to have deterioration. I mean, that's going to happen, but well, still, you don't want to further it. So the alignment of, if remember, when we talk about the spine, we talk about these different segments of the spine, how they stack, and it, and they do become a curve, but in that stacking, the two bones that are closest forming a joint, they need to have the most amount of surface area between them to really keep the integrity of the bony structures, to keep the integrity of this, uh, the all the tissues and, and stuff between the two bones. So working on posture, working on lengthening the spine, working on deep postural muscles, stabilizing. And that needs to happen more and more often in the habits of even when I'm sitting and Kristen are sitting, we're both sitting upright. That's pretty easy for us. We fortunately have been doing this a long time because we've trained those deep postural muscles to be on to some degree. They don't need to be on the same way like I'm if I'm in plank or if I'm running, but they need to be on somewhat so I'm not crumpling. Because when you crumple, you're you're compressing the area between those two bones. You might even be shifting, and that's often the case, the um, one bone on top of the other, and that can lead to changes in the bone and the bony and articular structures. So it's it just it's a it's a way of like revealing things that you need to change. And I think it's like I'm not I never wish an injury on anybody, but I know with myself, and I know you can speak to this, KB, like reframe it like, okay, 
this, my body's telling me I need to shift some things around. That doesn't mean you're not going to get back to doing the things you love. In fact, you might get back to doing them, I would argue, in a much better way, in a much healthier way. So you got to start more foundational, more basic. Danielle, take him through the reset, all of these things. Make sure that he's really aligning um, that triple S. He's keeping his rib cage balanced so it's not pushing forward or overly rounding back, especially if he has that lower, you know, it's it's much less common to have uh, your thoracic spine disc degeneration, but that just shows that he probably has something going on in the shoulders and the head and the pelvis. So I could say a lot more, but I would say, don't worry, you'll be able to get back to it. And I'd say you're going to be, be able to get back to it and feel better, but know you're going to have to start a new pathway. And isn't that exciting? Like start and you, you'll get there eventually. Well, and I would say sometimes it can even happen, even though you're doing all the right things, um, you know, because this is what happens for me. You know, I just two weeks ago, I was taking my dogs to the vet and I, you know, the, they're 60 and 70 pounds. The six, they're both 12, the 12 years old. They're older labs. And so my the, the, the lighter weight one, thank the Lord, is much more elderly, if you will. So she can't get in the back of the car. So I have to lift her front paws up and then I have to lift her back paws up. And I, I was taking her. It was the afternoon, like 1 p.m. I taught like three classes that morning. I had a call. I was doing this. I was doing, I went out to lunch. You know, I was just and it was, oh my God, I got to get to the vet. And I was rushing. And even as I was bent over, I was at a funny angle. I thought to myself, this probably isn't the smartest way to be doing this, but I was in a rush. Bent, and I felt like a little, like a little pull in my back. And it was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I know better. I do all the right things. I do the core work. I do the movement. I've got the posture. I was tired. I was tired. And I, and I was in the wrong position. Now, I still had to get her in the car. And so I readjusted, got it underneath her, lifted with my legs. I spent the rest of that day just doing some back extension, rotation. It was, I knew I hadn't done anything serious because it wasn't, it was significantly dis uncomfortable, like significant discomfort. I would say like a six out of 10, you know, so not severe pain, nothing down my leg. But man, was that a wake-up call. And it was just a wake-up call to be like, Kristen, you know better. But I was in a rush. So let this, for Danielle's husband, be a wake-up call to, you know, do the other work. Yes, but even if you're doing the other work, you, we just need to be more intelligent in our movement patterns. Like you said, Laura, I knew that I should have bent down and got underneath her. She was just at a weird angle and I didn't want to... You know, so there's all these excuses I could make as to why that happened and it wasn't my fault. But bottom line was I should have readjusted. And that's usually when it happens, you know, um, is when we're tired, too. Mm -hmm. So it's, it can absolutely, I would say, in most cases, it's because people don't move well. But there are people who are doing all the right things and it happens, too, also. This can happen in your 20s. It can happen in your 50s. So, like, age isn't always a reason, too. And so I would also, we always say this, but like not to let him, let it get in his head about the fact that he has the herniation and the degeneration. So what? I'm sure I do. Laura, you probably have some degeneration. Absolutely. It's just, that's what happens with age. You know, we, we are not going to have this picture perfect spine. And I have known people who've had severe herniations with radiating pain and weakness, drop foot. 
who have rehabilitated their bodies to where they are actually through, I'm going to say, put it out there. I do lit yoga with this person three times a day, three times a week. She's moving better than she ever had. And she's over 60, mm, you know, because yeah. why? She had the wake up call of having that severe injury. So I love, like you said, let's take pain as a way of our body saying, watch how you're moving. Use your core. Check out your posture. Think about biomechanics, Kristen. Think about biomechanics when you're moving your dog. You can bet your bottom dollar when I got the dog back in the car after the vet, I was all braced up, <laughs> you know, yeah. because yeah. I was smart. Yeah. I mean, that's what's amazing. Our body only has certain ways to tell us uh, what's going wrong or what's going well. And it's not going to vocalize it like we're talking in English here. You know, it's it. So it's going to send us signals. And so I, again, it's not easy when you're in pain to think of like, oh, this is just a communication, but it, it really is. It really is. And I think when you focus, because then pain starts to elicit fear and then that, that makes, you know, all the fear and the anxiety and the stress response makes the pain so much worse. Wow. And so if you can just, you know, move despite a little bit of pain, like again, it'll actually usually feel better. It feels worse when you're not moving. And then then that makes you feel like you're in pain. You shouldn't move. And it's like a kind of like a vicious cycle. But I love what you said. It can happen to anybody. Of course. Yes. You add load when you're not paying attention. You're tired and all that. And it's it's just because these this is another thing when, when we talk about in lit yoga so much when uh, we don't do these all these kind of really extreme ranges contortionist of the spine. These spinal muscles are not very big that are surrounding the spine itself, the deep ones. So if you're adding a lot of load, like your body weight and then the dog and gravity and not like in the best position, those muscles are like, woo, they're going to get overstretched and strained. And that's what happened. It isn't that she got a disc pushing out or anything, but um, it is to remember like the structure really tells us a lot about, you know, how careful we do need to be. It's not that we want to like live in fear, but we just want to be smart. Use your glutes, use your hips, use your legs. Your spine is strong, but the structurally it's strong, but the tissue around it is not as as strong as I mean it's just not as big, right? It's just not as big. These muscles are not that big um, that go right around the spine. So just kind of be aware of that, and yeah, have faith it's going to get better. But do the work. The key. Do the work to really optimize. We don't just think about the spinal muscles, but we got to think of it, all the layers within, all the deep abdominals all the hip muscles like how well is how well is your hip are your hips moving like i have a feeling if he's a real big runner maybe his hips you know um mobile this is a correct time mobilize your mobilize those things right let it be the wake-up call let it be the wake-up call well this is another back um one this is from instagram nina niwa she said i've slipped a disc l5s1 have started physio now what exercises would you recommend well she's in physio so Hopefully she's getting some. Again, this is more of an area that is more common um, in the lumbar spine, lower L4, L5, L5S1, because Kristen will explain why. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when you think about um, where usually when we get injured like that, we are bending over and, you know, at that level. And we are, many of us, bending at our at our hip joint. Uh, and and you said this in the last call, you know, for D Danielle's husband, take a look at those hips. 
Um, it is, it's oftentimes surprising to me when we do a physical therapy assessment, we will ask somebody, you know, bend over, touch your toes, watching how they do that, watching how they come back up, watching how people squat down, watching how people, um, you know, reach for something. And a lot of times people aren't moving at their hips. They're moving at their spine. And I'm not really sure when or why that transition happens in our life where we stop moving from the hips. I think if I had to make a guess, it's that we start sitting in a chair more often where now I can't move from my hips anymore. So I'm moving from my trunk and I get used to that. I'm bending over. My hips have been taken out of the equation ever since we start school. Let's be fair. We're spending a lot of time in a chair. So we start to lose that movement pattern, which is why that area is hurt so often. It's also a transitional area. Anywhere we have transition from cervical to thoracic spine, we're going to have a different vertebral setup between you know those two areas. The vertebra are shaped differently. Thoracic to lumbar spine, we see it. And then lumbo to sacral spine, we've got a fixed sacrum on a very mobile um lumbar, you know, last vertebra. So that's where we're going to have a bigger chance of injury whenever there's a transition. So, you know, you get that this is a very common place to get a, a herniation and um, you kind of deal with it as it comes. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, you go back to, I mean, um, if you're not on lit, I can't recommend it enough because we're not going to just take you through movement. We're going to tell you why why your spine needs to be in neutral. Of course, your spine is flexible. We want it to be mobile, but we want to know when we need to stabilize with it. In yoga, I mean, in PT, we call it a stiffed, a stiffened spine. Stiffened does not mean like stiff, like, oh, I can't move. I need, it's stiff for strength. It's transmitting energy from the legs. So when you're, like I would ask you, like Kristen said, how are you leaning over? If you do yoga, this is why we, do yoga differently. We're not promoting this uttanasana where your kind of legs are straight and you're folding your trunk over. Why? Because that's what you're doing. You're opening, you're gapping that area between the lower lumbar spine and the sacrum. And then that load of your body weight with gravity is going into that. And um, so then that becomes the kind of pivot point. We don't want that to be the pivot point. We want you to have a stable pelvis, and then you can extend the spine from that. You can flex your hips from that. Then you can start moving your spine in various ways when you have full support, like when you're in a half kneel, you know, when, you're, when you've got a hand on the ground and then you're rotating. Those are all really helpful ways. Not that you always have to have the hand on the ground, but you need to learn how to move the axis of the spine with control, with space between each of the vertebrae not just flopping it around. So if you're practicing regular um, vinyasa yoga and they're not tuning into that, you need to tune into it. So again, go and try our you know two-week free trial. We take you through all the rationale. On our launch pad, we have triple S. Well, why is that important? How do you maintain it? How do you get feedback for it when you're in your everyday life in addition to being on the mat? Why is a neutral pelvis important? You know, why do we, what is core? It's not just your abdominals. It's everything supporting your spine. To Kristen's point, when we're little, uh, well, obviously when we're developing, we're developing our core muscles, our postural muscles. And that's why you're so f kind of floppy at first when you're younger. Those postural muscles take a while to develop. 
by the time they're pretty like ready to go, we start sitting in a chair at school. So those postural muscles get a little snoozy. And then if we aren't purposely putting demand to strengthen them, they'll remain that way. But we're smart. We're going to move and execute a movement in the way we can. So we'll imitate something and we're not necessarily thinking, how do I, where do I need to stabilize? So what we often say in lit is it's important to know what you're moving. Um, it's even more important to know what is stabilizing for that movement because movement is inherently based on something being stable. Otherwise, it's just flop. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, then, and then you find yourself hurting your back and getting the MRI and then you get, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a... Uh, it's a scary thought, I think. You know, these 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 diagnoses are it's like a double edged sword, you know. Yeah. We've it, talked about it before. It can is really good, but mm-hmm. she there's a there's a there's a solid chance you had that herniation before you had this this any reason to get an MRI. So uh, I I always and that I think going back to where you talked about fear, you know, that is the beauty my the beauty of being a PT is I don't fear pain that much because I not I've seen it with my own eyes. People get better. I felt it with my own self, you know. And so, because there's nothing that can heighten pain more than fear. So if we can really not fear that pain, and you know, ultimately, like you said, stabilize to move well, move with intention, and then know those vulnerable areas are going mm-hmm. to be those transition spots. And yeah. you know, how can we protect them a little bit? Yes, yes. And the only add-on I'll also say is. Embrace the work that is involved because the work is good work. Like it's good, necessary work. We need to put this in. It doesn't have to be an hour, but you've got to continually, um, when you're aware, bring that awareness into how you're sitting, standing, moving, because that's that carryover. You Like going to PT, I mean, we're PTs, great. But if you leave the PT clinic and don't implement it, in a very significant way in your life. Like this is your job to take care of yourself. So bringing awareness as much as you can um, outside of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're kind of going along this spinal theme here. Our our next question um, is from an anonymous uh, person who wrote in to our email. Um, And this person says, they have observed many men that get large bellies uh, appear to have a high lumbar hinge. Is this similar to pregnant women? Pregnant women, how during pregnancy a higher lumbar hinge develops between T12 and L1? So, just kind of, I think this person's asking, like, is the large belly that some men develop similar to pregnancy, and does it have the same effects that a pregnant belly would have? And you know, Laura, why don't you start off by Letting people know how a pregnant belly affects the spine, specifically mm-hmm. at that transition area that we were just talking about with the last question. Yeah, because so if everybody just puts their hands on their ribs, especially if you're not familiar, your rib cage, as your thorax, um, it has accompanying with it, uh, it has vertebra and back, the thoracic vertebra, and then it has the ribs, and we have 12 ribs. And the bottom two do not attach to the sternum in front, but they attach to the vertebrae in back. So they're they're known as floating ribs, which means they're not really floating, but that they're you know these are not um, rigid structures. Obviously, we need to breathe, we need to move. So that rigidity is, or that lack of rigidity, is important for breathing. But it 
can work against you if you have things in your abdominals or in your uterus starting to push against it. It's a very easy place to open up. You can just do it yourself. Just thrust your belly for it. Hey, that's no problem. It's easy to do. And that doesn't come just into the abdominal region. It starts translating up into the ribs. And then feel how the ribs kind of, those bottom ribs will pull apart a little bit. But notice what that feels like in the back. It feels crappy to me. I'm sure it does to you too. All right. But that, so that happens in pregnancy because, you know, there, and it doesn't happen to the same degree for everybody. Some people will have it a lot. It depends a lot on your height. You know, if you're, the way your baby's growing, you know, sometimes women go more laterally. I know with Olivia, I went more kind of all around and I didn't ever feel that pitch. With Jonah, it was like straight out. And so it definitely got more up into that lower um, thoracic upper lumbar. So I definitely had that, but I was, I had pretty tight, I mean, you know, good abdominals that were giving me a snug, firm comeback. But, you know, at some point, it's just mass is going to go somewhere. So for this person noticing with men, yeah, if they have that kind of barrel belly, it's not just, again, just the kind of abdominal gut area. It's going to go upwards because our abdominals attach all the way up to the xiphoid process, which is a, like above that lower um, rib. And that's kind of corresponding to the area of the bottom thoracic vertebra. So if that pitches forward, it is just that whole back area of the lower thoracic upper lumbar is getting compressed. All the tissue is getting compressed. Of course, the bony structures are getting compressed, and that just gonna, is going to feel crappy. Of course, you've got your weight forward. Well, it's got to balance above and below as well. So you might balance it below by pushing your knees back, kind of counterbalancing the forward movement. You might push your, you know, you might round your shoulder. There's all kinds, it's not just in that area, but that area is usually the one that's going to kind of speak out. So yes, I mean, there's so many reasons and, and I'm not talking, please, this is not about being fat or thin or what all the kind of constructs we have. I'm talking about your health. Belly fat is bad. It is not good for your health. This has been shown. It's not about looks. It's about what that is. And especially in men, they've done a lot of it. The research has been, but it's in women too after menopause, that that belly fat is is putting you more at risk for cardiovascular disease. It's not good on your back. It's unhealthy on your joints. And so, you know, please do your best to, you know, again, this isn't a weight loss thing. I And this is, it's kind of terrible because we can't talk about this without pissing somebody off. But this the reality is this is not good for your body. It's not good for your organs. It's not, it's putting a load on your joints and a load on your heart. And, um, you know, I have relatives who have this and it's very, like I've got to tiptoe around saying like, this is, I'm worried. This is not good for your, all of your health. And think about that too. If you don't feel good, if your back feels crappy, if if you're not feeling balanced, you can't get, you're not going to move probably as much either because movement isn't going to feel so great. So uh, there's the whole spiel. Please don't be offended. I'm really, you know, we're just here to help and um, let it, again, let it be something that it, it's about paying attention to you. You matter the most. You matter the most. It's not about what it looks like or what somebody tells you. It's about longevity, living well, and living longer well, not just 
aging and not, you know, those later years not being so fun. So that's just a big like um, PSA. PSA. It's coming from, it's really coming from love. It really is because it's it's really hard on your body to manage that um, dispersed weight. And I'll just piggyback onto that. Like lucky pregnant women who have the baby and that goes away. What we see is they continue to hinge there. So same thing is true with anybody who carries that belly weight. If you are someone who has lost a lot of weight, take a look at where you might be still, quote unquote, carrying the weight in your body. Whether you were pregnant, whether you, you know, any type of major transformation in your body can stay there. Same thing with wearing a brace on your ankle. You're going to walk funny. You're going to have a limp. Um, You know, when you hurt your back, people are all shifted. They don't even realize they're shifted. They have to relearn how to come to neutral. So that would be my next thing is if you know somebody like this and whether it's pregnant or, you know, is somebody who has that, they call it, you know, the beer belly is kind of the the Midwest term for it, but like that barrel shape and they do the work and they lose the weight, be cognizant of that spine. They probably are still carrying a lot of tension in that back fascia, in that, you know, lumbo thoracic junction that you know, getting, and then not to mention their abdominals have been stretched for however long. They're going to need to really retrain. They might have the same rectus diastasis that pregnant women have. And so, you know, there's all of that stuff. We have a great um, postnatal series on Lit Daily that's not just for people who've had babies. It's anybody who needs to learn to tap back in to that abdominal wall. And I'm talking the entire cylinder. And that's going to include your back, your pelvic floor, your diaphragm is, yes, your abdominals. So, um, you know, really taking this through a further lens, um, I think, can be the good PSA of like, yes, you, you really do need to think about what it's doing for your internal body, what it's doing for your external body. And if that changes, you might still have the external body um effects. So what can you do to help reorganize your body? Mm-hmm. Got a yes. lot of stuff for you. Yeah, we're here for you. And it is, it's just about trying to make your, um, you know, your physical, your physiological, your mental, your emotional states as balanced as possible. We from a cellular level outward are craving that balance. And again, it's never just a point. It's just feeling our best and having to work the least for 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 feeling good in our bodies. So, yeah. Thank you all for these amazing questions. Um, you, again, we're just giving you our opinions. I hope you receive them with love and we're just trying to help. Please send your own questions. And like this person did, you can say, I want this to be anonymous. And we absolutely um, honor that. So you can send questions to support at lityoga.com. Or you can reach us on social media, Instagram, Laura is Laura.hyman, and I'm KBWilliams99. Just shoot us a DM and we'll put those in our little folder and get to them as soon as we can. And uh, please rate and review as well. We love to get that feedback. Um, we are now an award-winning podcast. So thank you so much. For thank you all so of- much, everybody. You're the ones that made us an award-winning. We won the number one spot for uh, Lifestyle, and that's the audience favorite. So Thank you for voting. Thank you for that so much. Please share with friends. We we really, really are so grateful for your support. And as always, we're pulling we're for pulling you. For you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.